Oh, snap, snap, snap. The world is finally waking up to the crap that's baked into and sprayed on kibble dog food. No longer can commercial pet food manufacturers fool us with pretty pictures and false promises. This is the raw dog food truth. The view and opinions expressed on this podcast are not intended to replace medical advice. Before starting any raw diet, do research, ask lots of questions, and consult your doctor. Hey, everybody. I am your host, Dee Dee Mercer Moffat, the CEO of Raw Dog Food and Company, where your pet's health is our business and we're friends. Don't let friends feed kibble. We are your one-stop shopping. We have your balanced blends. We have the air-dried treats. We have the supplements. And you know what else we have? We have one of the best health team around, including my guest today, Dr. Judy Jacey. How are you, Dr. Jacey? Hey, I'm doing, I'm doing good out there trying to keep pets healthy just as you are. Well, you're doing a great job, but you're fighting an uphill battle sometimes against the traditional veterinary community. I'm it surprised. Feels, it feels like I'm in a different dimension sometimes. I, I swear, like, why does this stuff seem so logical to, to you and I, you know, feeding fresh food? I see great results when I do it. And then the rest of the profession, it's like, nope. Feed kibble, gotta feed grain because they're gonna get heart disease. You know, if you don't feed grain and all this other crazy stuff that we hear. You know what's interesting? So I love what you just said. You said uh, feed grains, right? So we hear that all the time. Mm-hmm. But this was so funny. I was uh, reading in um, Dr. Ian Billinghurst's book, and he says this about grains. And he says dogs that eat grain as a major part of their diet suffer premature aging early development and degenerative diseases such as arthritis, cancer, diabetes, and other pancreatic problems. They have skin problems and allergy problems. And when you withdraw the grains from their diet, all of these improve. So you tell me, Dr. Jasek, if this is the case, why is the traditional veterinary community telling so many pet parents, you need to feed grains to your dog. Have they not really researched grains? Yeah, well, evidently not, and <laughs> because otherwise they'd be. They're not, they're not researching anything when it comes to nutrition, from what I can tell. They're just believing what the you know, big kibble producers um, tell them, which is to feed their food. And then they just do symptomatic control. They don't, they don't connect the dots. Oh, we just put this dog on a diet that has more grain. Oh, look, now he's itching. Oh, let's just put him on Apoquil because it's probably some, you know, a environmental allergy, but it, I'm sure it doesn't have anything to do with the food. So they don't even look at that cause and effect. And then they just do more symptomatic treatment, which just suppresses the problem. And then eventually the pets get something serious like cancer or autoimmune disease. Well, I do want to say that this podcast is helping pet parents all across the country. I was looking at some of the reviews we had. It says, Dr. Judy Jasek, best vet for raw feeding. What a wonderful gift Dr. Judy Jasek is for raw feeding pet parents. Real, honest, effective, and essential information. Thank you. Uh, the other one says, must listen if you love your fur, uh, your fur children. The best podcast for pet parents, especially if you don't believe raw food, you should listen to every single episode that make your eyes wide open. Thank you for the valuable information for pet parents. So we are doing a service uh, and we hope that the folks that listen will not argue with people that 
go against the raw diet, just send them to the podcast. Just send them to the podcast. Right. right? At least, yeah, people just, I think, need to hear the other side of the story. And it's great. You know, I hear that all the time too. I'm getting more and more new clients. People come in, you know, listening to the podcast. And I just, that makes me feel really great that we're providing a service and, and people are actually starting to listen and pay attention. Cause I think that's how we can begin to reverse the, the horrific really trends that we're seeing in veterinary medicine that pets are just getting, getting sicker and, you know, they're just getting treated symptomatically. They're not, you know, being, being treated in a way that helps them truly heal. And if people start going into their veterinarians and asking for a different approach, then maybe changing that demand will help, you know, start to change the trends in, in the profession. That's what I'm hoping for anyway. Yeah, it's, it's really crazy. So we, you and I both, we get, uh, and, and the majority of our podcast does deal with um, the misinformation within the traditional veterinary community. And what we are trying to do is help our pet parents ask the questions. Ask the questions when you get hit with certain information. Um, I had someone that listens to the podcast um, do that very thing. Uh, now, let me say that she doesn't feed my food. She feeds a totally different company's raw food. She, she, she was gone all day long. Dog was out in the back, right, uh, doing his thing. She comes home. She sees blood on the dog's paws. Is looking for where the blood, and she sees blood in the gum line. All the gums were bleeding, and so she took him to the vet. But they didn't find anything, Dr. Jasek. They ran all these different panels um, on this particular dog. And this is what was funny. They, they scared this pet parent so bad. They, they said, okay, we're going to run a hemophilia panel because this dog's gum is bleeding. And they knew okay. the dog was on a raw diet. Why would you run a hemophilia panel on a dog just because maybe his gums were bleeding. What is that? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like, let's just use a little common sense. Dogs chew on all kinds of stuff, sticks and rocks and who, who knows, you know, what else let's take a look, you know, bleeding is normal if there was some sort of trauma. So you should be able to look at the gums and see, you know, maybe there was a little bit of, of irritation or what was the, dog's dental health, you know, did the dog have a lot of tartar where we have, you know, did the dog have gingivitis to begin with where the gums were inflamed? It take, it doesn't take much at all to get gums like that bleeding. If a dog has a true clotting disorder, which is what they're testing for in a, they're running a hemophilia panel, they're checking for a clotting disorder, meaning that the dog's blood is not clotting normally. And what they're presuming is that this dog's gums just started bleeding spontaneously. There was no reason besides the fact that the blood you know, doesn't clot or it, they got, you know, they got irritated and the, um, the, the blood wasn't clotting, um, quickly enough or as quickly as normal. But if that's the case, you're also going to see other symptoms like dogs will have bruising on their skin. Their skin will look kind of purple. Like they bruise really easily. You just barely touch them and they would bruise because their, their blood is not clotting. And that's what a bruise is, is, 
bleeding um, under underneath the skin from one of these uh, superficial uh, vessels. So that's a big jump. I mean, to me, that's that's you know creating a really large bill for somebody unnecessarily. And I, you know, I I hate to to say that that veterinarians more and more are are profit driven. But this is what I'm seeing. It's like, come on, use your use some common sense and, you know, take a look at the gums and then maybe do a wait and see. See, tell people what to look for. Um, why jump to this whole thing about, oh my gosh, your dog has a clotting disorder and if it ever gets cut again, it's going to bleed to death and scare, you know, scare the bejesus out of people unnecessarily. I mean, I think there can be a step-by-step approach. And those tests are, are expensive. Why, you know, rake up these huge, huge bills unnecessarily and you're scaring people. It, it's just, to me, it's a huge disservice for, for both the people and the pets. It's ridiculous. I, I looked at what she was doing, feeding the dog and she was worried about this other company. I said, no, 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 that, I, I, that's a reputable company. Okay. There's nothing wrong with that dog food. Number two, she is giving phytoplankton, which you and I both love. It's a great product. Mm-hmm. And she's also giving um, a product, uh, it's a heartworm-free product. Um, it's called HWF. It's uh, Dogs Naturally Has It. But it's it's one of the homeopathic heartworm medications, okay? Seven mm-hmm. days on, seven days off. So this person was really doing everything right. But here's, you know, they go through all this. They go through all the tests. Yeah, the dog's fine. How often do we hear that? Um, right. When the vet called back to check on the dogs, as they do, or the vet tech, um, she said she asked again, this vet tech or the vet, I'm not sure which one it was, but she said they knew full well what type of diet he was eating. And the vet said, well, you may want to switch to a bland diet, to which... Uh, Lisa said, why, why is that? And she said, and I quote, because raw is dangerous and all of the vets at the hospital have experienced these clinically see a lot of complications with a raw diet. I think she meant they clinically see a lot of complications with a raw diet. And our, and our pet parents said, well, what kind of complications? Love the questions. Here's what they said. We see salmonella poisonings, we see tapeworms, we see gastrointestinal problems, bacterial infections, just to name a few. And it's also dangerous because humans are preparing the food, and if a dog licks a child, they transmit those bacteria to that child. We like kibble, said the vet, and freeze-dried as better option. Freeze-dried is the best if you can afford it. If you're dead set, a feeding raw, then please switch to freeze dried and we can help you make that transition. Now, what? <laughs> what? Not only that, but Dr. Jacek, they said to her, you need to make sure that your dog's getting all the vitamins and minerals they need in the raw diet. And I said, well, what vitamins and minerals are they talking about? And she said, well, vitamin K because the dog's gums were bleeding. I said, did they, you know, and that's a clotting, you know, vitamin K helps clotting. I said, did they test for a vitamin K deficiency? No. I said, so they just threw it out there. Yes. But this pet parent was almost in tears over nothing. 
Because you and I would look at that and say, oh, blow it out your backside. That's ridiculous. Right. And if I, you know, honestly, if I saw my dog's gums bleeding, I would like, well, I don't know, maybe they chewed up something. I'll just, I'll give it 24 hours and see if it stops, you know, because if it's something serious, it's going to persist. Or if it was truly a clotting disorder or something more serious, you're going to see more signs. And I realize I have the advantage. I know what to look for and I know when things are, are serious and when they're not. But yeah, this this poor pet parent paid a lot of money and experienced a lot of fear, probably for, for no reason whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no basis. You know, we've talked about this before. There's no basis. Have they is there any any cases out there where they have proven that dogs have gotten salmonella poisoning from raw food where they've definitively tested it. They culture the dog's poop. They culture the food that the dog ate and they've definitively proven it. That's the only way you can make that statement. And if they're not doing that, which I know they're not doing that, this is all presumptive, then that statement isn't true. No, it's not true. Um, And I've even asked our daughter, I said, how do you, you know, how do you test or do you test for salmonella um, in, in kibble fed dogs? Uh, no, we don't. Okay. So you have no benchmark. No. Um, we don't know how much salmonella would cause a problem or which strain because aren't there about a hundred different ones? Lots um, lots. Yeah. 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 So just throwing these statements out there does nothing but scare pet parents and causes them to shell out more money, which back to your point earlier Yes. Are, are we in a profit driven, um, society (laughs) in that, in that, yeah, 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 Yeah. it is. Well, the Uh, other thing, you know, too, about just back to the point about the, are are they getting adequate vitamins and minerals? Well, those dry foods, they, I mean, they just spray synthetics on the food so they can say, oh, well, we've, we've got these, the vitamins and minerals meet AFCO standards, which, are really, really weak standards to begin with. And they're synthetics. You have no idea if those are even being absorbed by the pet, if they're having any benefit, you know, physiologically in, you know, inside the pet's body. You have no idea. They're just putting that on the label. Those, that's just label claims. It doesn't speak at all to are are those vitamins and minerals actually helping helping the pet that's just all marketing and label claims and you know the veterinary profession you know buys into it i do find it interesting that they recommend recommended you know freeze-dried um i don't hear that very often coming from vets either like they're usually just stick with the kibble so i i find it interesting they must they probably just sell it and so that was something else that they could (laughs) that they could that they could sell the you know the poor pet parent to, you know, make, make a little more money off of her. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what we are trying to do. We're trying to help you make good decisions, but I'm telling you, even some of the uh, people who are, are really strong in their raw feeding convictions, they can get pulled off center by someone standing there in a position of authority. But again, Um, you guys, let's back that up with science, shall we? Let's back that up with tests. Let's back that up with facts. We have another situation, Dr. Jasek, which this one was 
probably a really funny one uh, this week. So I have a pet parent who has a seven-month-old, 100-pound dog. Okay, this is, mm-hmm. a, this is a large puppy, a large mm-hmm. puppy. Well, he's gone lame, gone lame in some of the back, you know, in the back legs, and, and it's gotten worse. Well, if you look at when growing pains happen in puppies, she's right in that time frame. Right, right mm-hmm. in that time frame, that seven-month time frame. Panosteitis. So this is just a, a technical word for growing pains in dogs, right? But it is very painful. Uh, the lameness uh, can last for days. It can last for weeks. You know, sometimes they get fever, depression, lethargy. But, mm-hmm. I mean, what they wanted this pet parent to do was go through a ton of x a whole series of x-rays oh wait no i forgot the best part they said it's probably being caused from the raw diet because the raw diet doesn't have everything you need in it and i said well hang on a second if prescription food of which they're telling you to move towards causes inflammation in the body isn't that counterproductive to what we're trying to achieve here Oh, yeah, absolutely. All those carbs. I mean, you talk about inappropriate ingredients for a growing dog, feeding a food that's 50% carbohydrate. You know, that's, that's like the worst thing you want them on because it is, it's, it's creating inflammation. And again, they have all these synthetic vitamins and minerals. When, when humans step in and try to micromanage the, the nutrients, meaning they decide, okay, we need this many milligrams or micrograms or I use, however, the particular nutrients being measured, this is what, you know, AFCO says that we need to have. So we're just going to put that, we're going to find the cheapest synthetic form, because this is what they do. They're going to find the cheapest synthetic form of that nutrient and put it in the food. And then they can, they can put it on the label and they say it's nutritionally complete. But the way, the best way to get nutrients into your pet is in the whole food form, because that's how... That's how Mother Nature intended it. That's how their bodies are designed is to get these nutrients from whole foods. And the nutrients also, they work synergistically. When you take synthetic nutrients and, and you know, give, you know, so much of, of, you know, vitamin A and so much of vitamin C and so much of vitamin E and all the other stuff they put in there, those synthetics don't necessarily work synergistically like they're designed to do in nature. When you feed whole foods, you get all these nutrients and they're working together and there's so much more benefit for the body and the, the pet can digest it and, and assimilate. So you want to support, you know, healthy growth. Then you feed in, in, a, in a puppy, especially a big puppy like that, you know, you want to be feeding them chicken feet. And, you know, other cartilage-based, um, you know, foods. And the ground bone, I mean, you can't get a better mineral supplement than ground bone. It's got everything in the natural form that Mother Nature intended. I mean, you're feeding, it's like feeds like. If you want to support the bones and joints, feed those building blocks. So, you you know, you could let them, you know, maybe chew on some knuckle bones and chew on some of that cartilage and eat the chicken feet. And they're getting that ground bone. There's nothing better. For them, and are some dogs still going to end up with a little bit of inflammation because they're growing so fast? Sure. And the other thing, you know, we look at is 
Okay, what's their vaccination history? Are they adding in other medications? Like, are they doing heartworm or flea and tick? Or, you know, there's all that other stuff that can add into the, add into the picture too and contribute to the inflammation. But nutritionally, there, there's nothing better than a raw diet for a, for a growing puppy. That's mm-hmm. a really big puppy. Is the puppy too heavy? You know, is the puppy eating too much? Do we need to just back off and let it lose a few pounds and get a little leaner here for a bit and just take some of the uh, pressure off the bones and joints? Yeah, I don't think that people realize how uh, much pressure it is on the bones and the joints when your dog is overweight. Mm-hmm. You know, we see fat dogs all the time. And I think that we're used to seeing fat dogs. Mm-hmm. That's not healthy. It's not healthy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I see that a lot. My clients will come in and ask me, would well, you think my dog's too thin? Cause people tell me my dog's too thin. Cause you know, you can see the outline of the rib cage and say, no, I think your dog is, you know, looks great. You know, you want to be able to feel the ribs. You don't want to be able to look at the dog and count the ribs, but you want to <laughs> be able to feel them, you know, but lots of dogs are overweight. And I think you know, people get that feedback from family and friends say, Oh, I think your dog's too thin. Cause they're like, you just said, they're used to seeing, overweight dogs. Um, And you know, there's also too, you know, natural things that can, if we need to give some pain relief, you know, things like CBD, you know, and people should get some guidance on how to use that appropriately. But there's natural things, turmeric, um, you know, there's natural anti-inflammatories and herbs and things like that, that we can also use to give the dog some relief. It's not like, okay, we're just going to do this and let the pet suffer until it gets through it. You know, we don't have to put them on conventional pain medications to, to help get them through that. There's a lot of anti-inflammatory type herbs that, you know, that can really help too. So people are not like having to just watch their puppy suffer in pain. Right. Right. Are there any vaccines that you know of, Dr. Jasek, that can cause lameness in dogs? Well, I think all vaccines can perpetuate inflammation in the body. And every pet, you know, and and I think people too, kind of have their their weak point. You know, there's their weak point in the body, that the, the spot that tends to flare up when there's an issue. So if you take a rapidly growing puppy, like we're talking about, where those joints are going to be a little prone to inflammation because the puppy's growing rapidly, those joints are under some stress because it's carrying all this weight, and then you throw a rabies shot in there, well, that's where the inflammation could could show up. Um, I, I think one of the most inflammatory vaccines that I see is lepto, and I think we've probably touched on that along the way here, but I see so many reactions to that vaccine. Um, I, I haven't given it in years, years. I, I just, I don't feel like it's, it protects the pets against anything really, because it's um, the, the lepto organism has many, many forms and the vaccine only supposedly protects against a few and it just doesn't have good proven efficacy, but I see so much inflammation. And so it's like if the pet, say the pet has gut issues or already has some arthritis, then wherever the body's already inflamed and you put a vaccine on top of that, it's going to inflame that part of the body. So I'll see symptoms get get way worse um, oftentimes with the lepto vaccine. Well, I, I am so shocked at how many pet parents, when I ask them, 
Do you know if your dogs had the lepto vaccine? I'm not sure. Did When you went in to get a vaccine, did your vet go over the risks of any of these vaccines? No, they didn't. So you have no idea what you just gave your dog. You have no idea of the risk and nobody informed you of it. That's correct. Now that seems, that seems very negligent to me. First of all, I can't imagine, Dr. Jasek, if you have a dog that has cancer, <laughs> okay, they're already in a severely compromised position. And that vet knows that this dog has cancer. Don't you think that's kind of criminal to give them a leptospirosis vaccine? I think so. And I mean, for whatever reason, like that information is not in the brains of most veterinarians, the conventional veterinarians. And, and I don't know why, because why would you give, you know, all disease is rooted in inflammation, including cancer. And why would you have, you know, uh, if you have a dog that already has cancer, which is an extreme form of inflammation, and you're going to give something that's going to further inflame the body. And usually there's no real discussion either, you know, about risk. You know, people, it's actually written in the practice code, you know, at least it is here in Colorado, that clients should be allowed informed consent, which means that veterinarians should be telling them the pros and cons of everything that they're doing, the, the potential, you know, downside as well as the potential advantages. And it's like there's this, just this paradigm that vaccines are benign and they're certainly not. And, and, you know, part of that is just because they don't recognize um, vaccine reactions. I've seen this over and over. I've seen pets get sick after a vaccine and the pet parent will know it. They'll say, you know what? I, just, I knew I shouldn't have given that vaccine, but you know, I, the vet recommended it and I want to do what's best, best for my pet. And so I went ahead and gave it and, you know, my pet just hasn't been the same since. And I've referred some of these cases into like, you know, specialists and they've gone into see other veterinarians afterwards and they're like, yeah, they, they don't know why the pet's sick, but they're a hundred percent certain it's not the vaccine. So okay. how can mm -hmm. you not know? but you, you know it's not the vaccine. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. So vaccine, you know, illness created from vaccines, it's just not, it's just not recognized. Just don't even think that it's a problem and it's just so easy to, to pump these vaccines in. And you know, all the information about why these vaccines are necessary, it's coming from the vaccine manufacturers. There's no other science behind it. I mean, ask where the research is coming from. If you want to know, you know, who's funding the research on these vaccines, I can guarantee you it's the, it's the companies producing them. There's no, there's no independent research proving that vaccines are necessary or even beneficial. Right. So here, here's something that I think if you're going to go in and get a vaccine, first of all, know your risk, read up on it. But specifically on this lepto vaccine, Dr. Jasek, you know, the information is there is a high number of serovars, uh, basically a, a, a lot of strains of the disease, okay? So if you're going to give your dog this lepto vaccine, the research says, make sure the vaccine is an exact DNA match for the pathogenic strain your dog's going to encounter. 
<laughs> if you don't get the exact DNA match, then you're going to subject your dog to a great deal of risks. So wouldn't that be a great question? Dr. Jacek would say, all right, which bar, uh, which strain is my dog going to be subjected to? Because Mr. Vet, you, you know this because you're recommending that I get the lepto vaccine, right? So mm -hmm. which strain is my dog going to be subjected to in this environment? And then can you tell me, is the vaccine that you're giving my dog an exact DNA match for the strain that my dog is going to encounter? Now, and they wouldn't have, and they won't have a clue. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be like, "What? What are you talking about? I'm just gonna do a shotgun approach. I'm just gonna, do, I'm just gonna, you know, try to protect. That doesn't work. So, you know, let when that. I, I, mm, I love that. I love that question. The, and watch your vet's eyes go back and forth. What? What am I dealing with here? Yeah. And I, you know, I understand the frustration of the pet parents too, because they want to believe their veterinarian. They don't want to think that their veterinarian is misleading them. This is the professional they're taking their pet into for support and guidance and they want to keep their pet healthy and they want to do whatever is necessary. So they don't, you know, they don't want to have to question their veterinarian. They just want to, they just want to believe them. But I, I agree. I mean, you have to ask a few questions. If you're going to really advocate for your pet, you have to be asking some questions about, you know, what's being given. Why is it being given? Is it really necessary? And what are the potential side effects? And sick pets, any kind of illness in a pet, they should never, 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 never be vaccinated. Well, I get it. They want to believe their vet, but I want to believe that Santa Claus is real and that the tooth fairy really <laughs> will leave me big bucks if I put a tooth under my pillow. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. What we believe isn't always true. <laughs> <laughs> I, so there you go. All right. Before we go today, I want to follow up with you, Dr. Jacek. You asked canine by uh, biogenics. Uh, about their food. Did you get an answer back about their studies on their food? Yeah, I asked them to, to, you know, if they would share their research because they say that, you know, their food is all research-based. So this is the food we talked about last time that's being promoted as a cancer diet that um, is very high carbohydrate. It's really no different than the other foods out there on the market that I can see that are high in carb. It had rice and sweet potato and all sorts of things that I never recommend for cancer patients. And I did ask them and there, there is, there are some references, there are some papers on their website, but then they also said that they have, they have patents pending and they'll be, they'll be getting more information out, you know, um, coming like they can't they can't release all of their information because their patents are pending i'm like what like you either have you either have the information or you don't you either have the research behind your food or or you don't now you know i they know i'm not in favor of this food so maybe they were a little more hesitant to release something to me but you know it, it was a very very vague um very vague answer they want this food to to look good and they're promoting it as a cancer diet 
and they're they're being very careful not to incriminate themselves and you know they know that i would dig into the dig into the dig into the research and you know punch holes in it if i could well it what doesn't smell right to me dr jacek is you're a cancer vet so if they have a food that is going to help cancer patients you would be the first person that they would be reaching out to and showing you how this food can help your patients not trying to dismiss you right? right that that makes zero sense to me good for you for standing up yeah. and that's what well we and you know and i think it's it's true too whenever you hear you know people go into their vets or they're reading and they say oh you know there's this study and that study and this study and that's it there's a lot of really bad research out there so they might pull some research studies that maybe say some of what they're trying to prove, but you can create a research study um, to prove any conclusion that you want. It's not good research, but I think a lot of research is done that way in marketing. So they say there's a research study, but they say, we want this conclusion. And, and I know this happens. You know, they, the, whoever's doing the research, they'll, they'll throw out data. They got data that doesn't fit what they want their conclusion to be. Like, well, we could just throw out those few numbers and so that things lean a little bit more towards the, the direction that we want to go. So just because there's a research study, it does not mean that it's, it's legitimate. And you also want to ask the question, who's funding that research? Um, because that's, that's a big, you know, these companies that have a financial interest in a product, they're the ones that have the big money to fund research because good research is really expensive. And they're the ones that have the money to fund it. But the other thing about research is a lot of this stuff's done in a lab, you know, it's done in a Petri dish. <laughs> so they, they're testing cells. Like they say, okay, you know, rice is is a beneficial ingredient in this food and they're testing cells in a lab and they're coming up with some conclusion that says, yes, we, we feel like this could be beneficial for cancer patients. There's a big difference sometimes between what they do in the lab in the Petri dish and what actually happens in real life when it's in a real live animal. You can write things and slant things any way you want. Um, I think you've got to really, in, in today's world, you know, and uh, Dr. Jacek, we tend to only listen to those people who think and believe like we do, right? Now, I think that this is, it's tough uh, because nobody likes to listen to people who don't think like them. I get it. Kibble, kibble feeders, you know, do I, do I like to listen to, you know, all their justifications of why they're feeding a dry food? No. But I listen to it because I learn and then I do my research and I can uh, refute it, right? But I think that we've, we've got to get outside of our own boxes. We've got to be able to um, listen to opposing views on everything and not be so threatened by those opposing views, but do our research. So if your vet says... The raw diet doesn't have all the vitamins and minerals your dogs need. Well, they can't just make that blanket statement. They can, but really, what does that mean? What vitamins and minerals are we talking about? What vitamins and minerals are actually in the raw diet? What vitamins and minerals are in um, 
beef and chicken and duck and turkey and organs and what's coming out of real bone versus, you know, other types of calcium supplements. So these are the things that we've really got to think about. And I just see that people um, are overloaded and a lot of times just don't just don't want to do that research. We're going to make it easy for you. If you listen to the podcast, we're going to help you. We don't want you to just listen to us. Certainly you can go back to your vet, but we're asking you to ask the questions of your vet and not just let your vet make a blanket statement. You know, another question I would ask that that says, well, raw, you know, doesn't balance, doesn't have all the nutrients. Like, so how much experience does that vet have feeding raw? Where are they getting that information? This is not somebody that has any experience at all feeding raw, most likely. So how do they know? They, they have no idea. They really have no idea. They're just repeating the propaganda that's out there. And, you know, you can say something that's completely false over and over and over and over again. And if enough people say it, enough people hear it, it becomes true, whether it's true or not. And so that's, that's what you have to be careful about. And, you know, if you really want to advocate for your pet, you, you have to ask the questions. And I know it's hard and it's not what you want to do. And we're all busy and, you know, got a lot going on. But if you want the best for your pet, you, you have to ask where, where is the information coming from? Because that's the only way you're going to know if it's legitimate or not. Well, and Dr. Jasek, it is not the raw diet's fault that people do it wrong, okay, or do things that we recommend you don't do. And then you take your pet in and, and they, they maybe have some issues. But issues that are like, okay, my dog is, you know, vomiting because maybe they don't have the digestive enzymes or maybe, you know, you're feeding too much bone or you're feeding too much fat. Um, that's easily fixed, versus, okay, I'm going to feed a kibble diet um, and I'm gonna, my dog's going to end up with diabetes or my dog's going to end up with cancer or my dog's going to end up with IBD or I, you know, IBS or any of those diseases. Those are very difficult to turn around. Those are devastating chronic illnesses. We're not talking about that in the raw diet. What we're talking about is a few tweaks. If your dog's skin looks bad, if, if, if they're dull, right? They've got a lot of, maybe you just need to add a good amount of omega-3s with pork brains and phytoplankton and whole fish. These things are easy to fix, Dr. Jasek. But cancer, as you know, is not that easy to fix. Mm -mm. Once you're once you're down that road, it's it's a lot tougher. Yep, it's it's a lot tougher, and you 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 want to you want to avoid going down that road. I mean, I try to keep you know, I I would like to educate people so that they know what to do and know how to keep their pet healthy, and they don't even have to come into the vet except for you know a, an occasional thing, or maybe as the pets get older and they need a little additional support, but they know how to keep the pet healthy. And you know, the other thing about feeding raw too, is that, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta use a little, a little common sense and get over the idea that you can just put the exact same thing in your pet's bowl every single meal. And that's all you need to do. That's what the kibble companies, they want you to believe that, you know, there's, there's one diet out there that's, 
that's the best diet for all pets. And you just fill that bowl up with kibble twice a day and, or just, you know, leave a bowl of kibble out there and let your pet eat whenever it feels like it. And your pet's going to be healthy. But the way to do raw diet correctly is through rotation, as we've talked about. And, and you just, you have to, you have to use your, your brain and your common sense a little bit, you know, so you're not feeding the exact same thing every day. And, and I think people get nervous about that. They, they're like, well, what if, I, what if I'm not doing it right? And, and we'll, we'll help you with that. We'll help you with that. But think about how you eat. You eat the exact same thing every day. No, of course we don't. And some days we eat a little healthier than others, but it's a, it's a balance over time. And that's where the balance comes in. And can raw feeding be done incorrectly? Absolutely. I've mm -hmm. certainly seen that oh, yeah. quite a few times. And it's usually people trying to do it on their own. And I don't, I don't recommend that unless some people are just really, really have a strong background knowledge and, and have the time. Cause I, to me, it's, it's not, there's no time or money advantage to trying to, you know, go and shop and buy all these ingredients. And I mean, where are you going to go buy brains? Like <laughs> supers? <laughs> That'd be funny. Go to the butcher at the grocery store and say, do you have any pig brains? Like, They're really cool. And I think you should get some for your little dogs, Dr. JC, because- I should try them. <laughs> okay. I'm going to bring you a tub of pig brains. Pig okay. brains on Didi. Okay. Okay. <laughs> because- um, they're really cool. I mean, just the way that they're in the tub, there's these little hemispheres. And um, so I want, I want to see what your thoughts are, but I love these. They're very convenient to feed. You know, they've got that extra fat in there that you like mm -hmm. and also the omega-3. So I'm going to bring you a tub of pig brains tonight. And okay. Well, will it make my dog smarter? It will make you smarter. <laughs> smarter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm definitely in there. <laughs> no, not that you need to be any smarter. All right, everybody. Uh, thanks so much for joining the podcast today. Please tell all your friends to join the Raw Dog Food Truth. If you'd like to start your dog on a raw dog food diet, you can always find us at rawdogfoodandcompany.com. Dr. Jasek is available to work with you all across the country. Um, just go Go to her website, ahavet.com. That's animalhealingartsvet.com. Or Jasek is J-A-S-E-K. All right. We'll see you next week here on the Raw Dog Food Truth, where your pet's health is our business and we're friends. Don't let friends feed kibble. Bye, everybody. Oh, snap. Find out how you can start your dog on the road to health and longevity. Go to rawdogfoodandcompany.com, where friends don't let friends feed kibble, and where your pet's health is our business. Just snap.